you're listening to Cherishing Scripture Podcast, a podcast that's changing society by cherishing Scripture. Why do you need to carry an amulet around in your pocket that says WWJD to remind you what Jesus would do? Isn't that the Holy Spirit's job? But it seems like a lot of men are trying to manufacture this difference as opposed to letting it naturally happen. Exactly. And the exactly Bible, right. the Bible naturally changes people and makes them different. In debates, when you get in a debate with someone, you know that you've won the debate when they turn personal. Yeah. They're attacking these preachers that are standing for their liberty. And right. when they can't find anything biblically wrong with this person, they start picking out other things. Yep. And if you don't think that those two things can overpower and overtake you, you're pretending. Right. And now here's your hosts, Pastor Brad Bailey, Adam Capps, Zach Taylor, and Jeremy Boggs. Thanks once again for tuning into the Cherishing Scripture podcast. Pastor Brad Bailey here with you from Brandon Baptist Tabernacle. And Brandon, we have with us today, not necessarily guests. These guys are are kind of frequents on the program here, and we're happy to have them. To my immediate left is Adam Caps. He works in our music here. He does a host of other different things. Uh, wonderful family. Glad to have him in our church. Then we have Brother Boggs over to the far left over there. Uh, engaged to be married. Up-and-coming Bible student. Really doing well in the Bible college. All kinds of other things. Behind the sound booth, Zachary Taylor. He's our youth guy. And uh, between he and his wife, Sister Jackie, they are... Uh, heavily involved here treasurers and and uh whatever else we need them to do right kind of the uh super heavy go-to people around here in the church and we're thankful for them uh so um today's topic uh, we've been on this kick here on the podcast tired of people saying what we believe we're just going to tell you what we believe all right so that's kind of been the deal here recently um, you know, we don't want to be misquoted. We don't want to be misrepresented. So we think it's necessary from time to time just to come out and just say, hey, this is where we where we stand and what we believe. Uh, today's subject could be pretty generic, um, but it could get specific as well. And so we just want to chat briefly about our stand on the Bible, our stand on the scriptures, our stand on God's word. And um, and this is where we are. So uh, before we jump into this, and Jeremy, we'll, we'll put you in here first, if you like, if you want to kind of prep some some thoughts there. You better get some together, man, and uh, uh, get some ideas in that head of yours. And uh, But a lot of this information that we have can actually be found on our church's website, BrandonBaptistTabernacle.com. There is a doctrinal statement there, and, um, and not to sound uh, – uh, you know, not to sound pompous or anything, but we've had a lot of people that have have come back and said that is the most robust doctrinal statement I've ever read in my life. Uh, we spent a lot of time on this. Um, it is uh, what we teach and preach in our church. It is what we are. It is uh, it is what we believe. And I, I have to tell you, if someone had book, chapter, and verse to persuade us differently, we might would change. But that's not going to be an easy task. Because what we believe is, we feel like, in uh, adherence with what God's Word teaches. So that's the beginning point. What is God's Word? Uh, Do we have it? Is it relevant? What version you use? Uh, Several questions could come into this discussion today, right? Yeah. Every one of those questions will take about an hour and a half to properly There's no way we're going to get it done. I use the JIV, the the German International Version. Is that your problem? That's what's wrong with you. Then. Now I get. Now I understand. I'm not the kidding. Jive. 
<laughs> Since Jeremy mentioned that the most bizarre version of the Bible, and this isn't like I've heard of, like I've heard someone try to read out of, was the California Surfer Translation. Is it crazy what? or what? So I haven't seen it. I haven't it seen it. It is insane. Adding it to and my library. Absolutely hasty. But, yeah, that's the craziest one I've ever seen. See, that's really a good starting point, you know, because Zach and I, we had this discussion recently about can a person be saved? Our church is a King James Version church. Mm-hmm. We, we are adherents to the King James Version of the Bible. And the question came up, uh, Zach and I have talked about this on a couple of occasions. Um, can a person be saved outside of the King James Version of the Bible? Now, I think we've all premeditated what we think might be an answer to that, but that may be a good place to start. You know, Are we so King James only that – uh, we are strict about whether a person can even be born again. And I'll just preface that if I can. Um, it's uh, important to understand that there are some people who take that passage in First Peter where it says being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by, but by the living word of God, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. They take that to mean that that is a reference to the King James Version and you cannot be saved apart from the King James Version, or you cannot be saved under the influences of a of a false Bible. But it, in John, it says that in the beginning was the Word. The King James Version didn't exist until 1611, right? Correct. So the Word was with God and the Word was God. So that is probably in reference to Christ. Yeah. What it seems like to me is, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's foolish for somebody. No, I think you do not. I think you're exactly right. (laughs) The King James Version Bible has not always existed. Yeah. And I think for people to say that someone can't get saved without without being through the the King James Version of the Bible seems a little bit silly. It might be harder to get the proper truth, you know, expressed without the King James Version of the Bible. That's what I feel because the, the King James Version of the Bible is the most specific compared to every other English version. It's more accurate. Than every other English version that I've seen mm-hmm. as of yet, the way that I understand it, I'm not a scholar of Greek and um, Hebrew, but it seems yeah. to me that it's without a doubt the best. But technically, a person can get saved through the truths that are expressed in the Word of God without a single verse even being shared. Correct. I mean that's that's the way that I see it anyway like I know there's probably a lot of people who might disagree with that but I don't see how there is how that can be untrue yeah Jeremy I uh, I I I think there'll be when we get to heaven there will be people modern Christians today who made it to heaven even though they didn't read the King James and I, I don't I really don't know how to it's in my mind right now but I really don't know how to put it without sounding like terribly wrong but uh, you guys correct me or change it how you, th- you think it needs to be changed, but I don't think it's the King James that saves you. It's the gospel truth that saves you. I agree. Well, th- wasn't there a lot of people well that said. got saved before the Bible was even completed? Yes, they did. Yeah, I don't even I don't even say anything in this podcast. Like you guys are doing good. Thousands upon thousands of them were. Yep. Paul even said, "Man, uh, no, Peter was it? Peter when he he there was a a monument to the unknown God." And he's and and he sort of preached them the gospel about the God that they didn't even know existed, but they had made a monument to because they felt like there was something missing. Yeah, that was Paul. That was Paul that did that. Yeah. I couldn't remember, but there. 
I mean, he sort of did that without even needing them to understand who Jehovah actually is. He taught them who Jehovah was. You know, can I tell you a story? Um, Helen Keller, you guys are familiar with Helen Keller. Uh, she was blind and deaf. And um, uh, her caretaker, and I apologize, her name slips my mind right now. Um, but the the lady who taught Helen Keller how to communicate, uh, gosh, it's driving me crazy. Somebody look it up. What's that woman's name? Somebody Google it or Bing it or something. Um, so you're showing um, your age saying that, Pastor. What is Bing? Bing? What you guys don't Bing use Bing anymore? No, no one uses, uses Bing. Bing. Never, one person who does. Bing don't use Bing. One person uses Bing. So anyway, um, uh, she was. Um, Trying to teach Helen Keller, of course, you know, she went through the sign language on her hands and helped her to finally. Ann Sullivan? Ann Sullivan, yes. Uh, when Ann Sullivan went through those things and was teaching her how to communicate, uh, once that communication had been facilitated and um, and uh, and she was able to have pretty general conversation, Ann Sullivan asked her if she knows about Jesus. Do you? She communicated to her. Do you know about Jesus? And Helen Keller responded and said, "I already knew about him. I just didn't know his name." Now she's blind and deaf. How? So she's never read a Bible. She's never heard a sermon. So is God's word? Uh, are the are the souls of men in jeopardy if they cannot physically hear? and physically see a copy of God's Word. In the case of Helen Keller, she became a born-again believer without ever physically hearing or physically seeing either one. So I agree with you guys. It's not the the solid copy of God's Word. It is the truth inside of it. And that truth is timeless. It doesn't matter if it was in the Old Testament or the New Testament or what the case may be. That truth is timeless. And so uh, even in, in, um, in where corrupt translations have been thrown out there, um, and I mean really corrupt translations have been thrown out there, uh, I'm doubtful that if that translation has been satanically influenced, uh, that it can be beneficial, but at the same time, there are translations uh, that uh, if people hear that and that's all they have, God is merciful to their soul. Mm. Uh, and I would also point out that there are people groups in the in the world today that do not have the King James Version Bible. And in the, now this is a controversial topic. But but the thief on the cross went to heaven, didn't he? That's correct. He never heard. He, That's correct. The only word of God that he heard was the words actually from God, which you know, the, is arguably the, better. The spoken but, word, right? Yeah. But yeah. the logos. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my here's my issue. Okay. There's this is a big controversy. So if we have a savage in a foreign land who has never heard of Jesus, has no copy of God's word, um, but there is a New King James Version translation. Are we going to withhold that from him? Are we going to give him what we have? Absolutely. And most people would say, you give them what is available, even if it is a even if it is a questionable translation. It does contain enough of God's word mm-hmm. that a soul can be saved. And so, 
that become has become a problematic discussion, but that's where I'm at with it. You know, yeah. there are people groups that do not have the King James Version Bible in their language, and it's the church's responsibility to translate these Bibles and get it to them. But in the meantime, where do we stand on this issue of people groups who do not have God's Word in their translation? Well, I mean, I know personally from experience, uh, there has been moments when I'm trying to talk to someone. Uh, maybe witness to them and I don't quote scriptures verbatim so I feel like me messing up on a scripture and not quoting it verbatim is very similar to and this isn't me this isn't me trying to defend or what have you other translations but rather saying that if it's okay for you to paraphrase when you're trying to witness or if you're preaching and you're out there and you quickly paraphrase a verse because you don't remember it verbatim he did that this morning of course yeah, i know <laughs> we do it all we do it a lot but, we do that a lot but i believe if you're okay with that and think that that is okay and people can still get saved by that i believe it's hard to have an argument against even if i may not agree with the uh, niv or esv or whatever the case may be and i understand the history of it and how some of the writers or translators were very wicked people. I understand all of that, but I still believe there were, I believe there were people that were saved under, uh, to go back to what we were talking about, I believe there were people saved under bad pastors. So if I believe a bad pastor can lead someone to the, or can possibly uh, get someone to the point where they're ready to uh, get saved, then I believe that a improper translation can do the same thing. I agree. Sometimes, you have to paraphrase. Uh, sometimes you have to uh, rely on poor memory, and you can't get it right. Uh, so, is it the message or is it the diction? Is it, it? It's the. It has to be the message. It has to be the message of the Bible. Right. And I remember, you know, a West Coast pastor one time. I won't call his name, you know, because I'll get uh, I'll get into trouble calling this guy's name. But I remember him saying something that I just profoundly agreed with. He said, "The meaning of the Bible is the Bible." It's not just the issue of uh, actual words, although I think I'm thankful that the words have been preserved. But the meaning of the words—that is the dynamic, life-changing truth. Which is why it's so important that I think Peter said that it's of no private interpretation. Correct. That's super, super important because were it of private interpretation, then you could have um, deposit. De- oh, man, dep. De- I can't remember think of the word I'm trying to say. Pastors that have overreaching authority, because yeah. that's what that breeds. If they are the only ones that can know the truth, the right. meaning of the Word of God, yeah. and nobody else can, well, they can do and say whatever they want. Sure, but sure. that's not the case. Yeah, I the agree. Bible is of open and well, not open interpretation, but it's no of no private interpretation. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Everybody can understand it if you have the Holy Spirit inside you. Yeah. I agree, and that's the key. That's the key. I'm not as interested in, you know, if we're talking to this savage out in the jungle, I'm not as interested in in him having um, a black and white verbatim, perfectly accurate copy of God's Word, uh, although I think that's of in, immense benefit. I'm not as interested in that as I am about the Spirit of God moving on his heart because if the Spirit of God is drawing him, that is going to enlighten him. That's going. That's going to be what changes his his mind and changes his life and, and generates repentance. It says in Corinthians that it, the the Holy Spirit teaches us the things of God. That's so. 
even though they may not have the physical Word of God, the things of God, they can be enlightened to the things of the Word of God through the Holy Spirit. Correct. Mm. I agree. As a mother, I first I thank God for allowing me to be a mom. I think that's a special, special blessing. And uh, just having the children I've had, I have, um, just when they were young, uh, times they would come in and give you a big hug and a big kiss. So that was just so special and precious to me. And as they've gotten older and I've watched them grow and have children of their own and the blessing my grandchildren are, children are to me and now my great grandbaby and I just thank God that he allowed me to be the mama and try to set the ex- best example I can be to my children. Being a mom is hard but it's rewarding and I'm so thankful for the experience to be a mom. My experience as being a mother has been wonderful. Um, I wouldn't, it, it's, it's for the world, I mean it just is, I love being a mother and I wouldn't change it for anything. It's tough at times. But it was exciting. I loved being a mom. I loved, from the very beginning, I loved being pregnant. Um, I just loved my kids. Well, first of all, I want to thank the Lord for saving me. And uh, I was saved whenever I was six years old. So I'll be 64 next month, so you can count the years. So it's been a long time. But um, through those years, um, I didn't always live like I was supposed to. I kind of strayed away whenever I was uh, probably in my early 20s, I guess. And, you know, it took the birth of my oldest son to bring me back to the Lord. Because I realized not at that time, it wasn't just me that had to live for the Lord, but I had somebody else I was responsible for. And I wanted him to be able to grow up and have the opportunity of being saved. And I didn't want me to be a hindrance in that. And, of course, I did get back in church. And I've lived for the Lord since then. I haven't been a perfect mother, but um, I love my children. I had a second son, and both of them have claimed to have been saved. Both of them are not really living for the Lord like I would like for them to. But... Um, but I have that hope, just like the preacher said tonight. You just have that hope of what they say, and I don't know for sure if they're saved or not, but uh, I, I would like to know, for them to know that, that I have tried to do my best for them, and that's basically what being a mother means to me, is just loving your children and bringing them up um, in the way of the Lord. memory of my mom is uh, our Friday night movie nights she would just go above and beyond to make us have fun for the weekend and uh, she was always silly and goofy and those are my favorite memories of her Uh, my favorite memory of my mother well she's only 16 years older than me so everybody says that we look more like sisters than she does my mother but uh, my mom and I have always been very close and um to go back a little bit further, uh, you know, I, I do think I'm thank, 
for, for thankful to God for my grandmother, too, because she was saved at an early age. And I always say, you know, that she drug her children to church, you know, and um, my mother being one of those. And then my mother was saved at an early age. And then she drug her children to church. And then I was saved at an early age. And then I drug my children to church, you know, so... Um, I guess some of those memories are probably the best ones because we can sit down and she lives in North Carolina. I live here. We don't get to see each other maybe every three, three or four months or something like that. But we talk all the time and it's just like we've never missed a beat. Every time we talk to each other, it's just like that we've just been with each other. And uh, my mother loves the Lord, and she really encourages me. I call her the cheerleader. She's everybody's cheerleader. And um, whenever she had cancer, I thought that this was kind of funny. Um, I was telling her, because she has, she's been associated, you know, being 80 years old, she's associated with a lot of different churches, and a lot of people were praying for her. So I told her our church was praying, and she said, you know what? She said, I can just I can just see it now. She said, God's sitting there and all of a sudden he says, Well, here comes another another prayer for Lois Vernon. Oh, well here comes another one for Lois Vernon. So she said from that she said, I know that he's gonna answer prayer because he's gonna be so bombarded with prayers, he's gonna have to do something. So, um, but yeah, that's that's my favorite memories of my mom. I don't know if this is my favorite memory of my mom because I can't say what the favorite memory was. But my kids have this thing to where they would talk about um, me buying them breakfast when some of them were in school, and I'd say, don't tell the others. Um, They all thought they were special, but I did it to all of them. I still do it to them, even though they're big. So one Christmas Eve, I got to my mom's house early, and she needed to go run and pick up a few more things, so I took her. And so I um, was looking at this outfit, and she goes, do you want that? Do you want that? You want to wear that tonight? And I says, no, it's okay. She goes, I'll buy it for you. She goes, just don't tell the others. So now every time I see that picture of all of us sisters standing before her fireplace wearing that outfit, I always feel guilty because Mama bought it for me. She told me not to tell the others. I don't really have a favorite. It's just I loved her all the way around, and she was a very good mother, and she had many, um, many blessings, and... She was, she was just, um, let me think of the word. <laughs> she was easygoing and all, and I, I just couldn't ask for a better mother. I would tell my mother, thank you. My mother's the one that started taking me to church, and I don't know if it hadn't been for my mother, I don't know that I would be in church today. So I thank the good Lord that I have a mother the way I do have. She's still alive, and I praise God for that. Um... I would tell her I love her, and that I'm sorry, and that she was right. I would say, Mother, uh, this is your favorite oldest daughter, (laughs) and uh, I love you very much, and I'm thankful, very thankful to God that you brought me up in church and that you were the best example that any daughter could ever have, and I love you very much. If I could say anything to my mom, I would just say thank you for... um, for always supporting me and um, for being there for me um, through some really hard times and uh, for, for for teaching me what true love means and um, for just teaching me about life. Tough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for real. Definitely. 
She's always like tough love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Her most favorite question is if somebody's screaming, are you bleeding? Are you dying? If not, then stop crying. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for birthing me and not killing me all at the same time. Perfect. Thanks for letting me live. <laughs> That's great. Because <laughs> I know I'd be dead already. <laughs> My mom cooks a lot. She's a great mom. She helps us when she we are sick. She does a, a lot. A lot of cleaning around the house when it's my sister's, mostly it's my sister Lydia. My mom is a really good cook. She, her job is paper chef and here at this, at this school at Freedom Academy. My mom loves blue and, um, and no, my eyes are burning. <laughs> okay, and um, uh, let's see. Um, she she carries us when we're unsick too. And this is the school that we go in, and she brought us to this school. Okay. Well, she wakes us. She wakes us up in the morning sometimes, and. We, um, we, um, at night we get dressed at night and she tells us to. And, um, she, um, loves us very much and she, um, she makes us practice our time. She makes, she, this time, um, she ordered groceries and she, um, Bought uh, some groceries and uh, in the groceries was yogurt. Um, yogurt was um, I forgot. What What's your she, favorite food she makes you? My favorite is pancakes. Pancakes. Waffles. Yeah. Let's see who else. What's your favorite food your mom makes? She makes like oranges and she actually makes like toast and she actually went put us to bed and they take pictures of us and we have a book that was full of pictures. Ask you what's your favorite your favorite food your mom makes? Uh, my favorite. A team. <laughs> oh yeah, mom. She makes good ice cream. Mm. Yeah. Hey, let me let me ask you guys. If your mom could get paid to be a mom, how much money do you think she would make in a year? Seven dollars? Uh, yes. Twenty thousand. Hold on. Zero. No, hold on. A thousand. A million. A ninety hundred. The reason I say zero because she ain't for sale. <laughs> okay. Is what you're trying to say? She ain't for sale. She is. For, she is for sale. So my mom lives in North Carolina. Um, I'm actually I'm about to get married in November, so it's a little hard for her not to be here during the wedding planning 
Um, but I do call her every day and I'm so glad to be that example for her because she's, she's not in church and just telling her about this church and how much it's, it's helped me and helped me grow as a Christian and and become closer to God has really helped her see that God is the only thing that matters and church is important. So it, it's really helped her read her Bible more and, you know, listen to the podcasts more. And so I'm just very thankful to have her in, as an example. Every, all the all the time when, when we grew up, I have two brothers. My mom would always make us read the Bible every Saturday for two hours. So it, it's just amazing to have such a, a godly example to be able to grow up with and when I was younger, this was before my little brother was born, me and my dad and my mom and my older brother went to Gatlinburg and we went to a fair and we all took those old western um, pictures and I just remember me and her getting dressed and, and her helping me with my hair and my outfit, helped me choose my outfit and that was just the best memory mom I love you and I'm very thankful to have you as a mom and I hope that you watch this and know how much that I love you and think about you and pray for you all the time so I love you and I hope you have a great Mother's Day my mom um, is an amazing person and she's she's the kind of mom that I can relate to in like so many ways um she is a very she's very nice she is very sweet she is very social and she's very friendly um in most cases <laughs> but um i love her she's a great mom i could have never asked for a better mom uh let's see my mom is very like outgoing and she's like she's very friendly to people like she doesn't she doesn't like to make people feel unwelcomed like she's that kind of person so and she's also very loving she loves me and my and my siblings my favorite memory if you don't know my mom she is very she is a very gullible person all right and um one time uh, she was walking out of her bedroom, and there was there's a mirror facing her bedroom door, and I'm hiding like kind of at the corner of the hallway that leads to her room, so she can't see me, but she can see me through the reflection. So when she walks out her door, she sees my reflection. We make eye contact, and I look her and I say, "Shh, I'm about to scare." And she, she she sees me and she goes, oh, okay, through the reflection. And then she casually walks through the hallway and I go, boo, and she still gets scared. And so that's, she's very gullible. I, I enjoy that about her. But yeah, that's my that's my favorite memory of her. Yep. Uh, my favorite memory, there's really too many, but um, let's see. One of them is... We were heading to South Carolina, and we were all in the car, just me and her, 
and <laughs> we were just jamming out to music and then when like a sad song or like a deep song would come on we were just like we'd get in our feelings and get emotional and be like oh this is such a good song but then like when a fun song would come on we would just like we would like get in our gyms and be like woo yeah it was such a good song <laughs> so yeah mom you are very bright and you are very friendly to everybody so don't quit that i love you i appreciate you and uh i thank you for being there for me all throughout my life and thank you for being my bestest friend great one last question really quick who's the favorite bailey kid obviously me i mean bruh <laughs> i mean like it's obvious like it's all caps all obvious I interject. This is false. I'm actually the favorite. Mom, I love you. You're the best. I do have a question. This may lead to some differing opinions, which is maybe what I'm hoping for. You know, fun. Got some opinionated people here. But uh, here's my question. Um, so I know a pastor. Uh, from where I back home for me, uh, who preaches the King James Version and believes that his church should be ran with the King James Version, but in his own like family devotions and stuff like that, he uses the ESV. <sighs> now, what is your opinion? Because, well, the reason I ask is one, do you think that that is, would you not advise that? I guess you guys, and then. Two, I guess, um, is that wrong? Because a lot of devotion books use different versions. Um, right. And like I said, this person that I'm talking about specifically, he actually owns ESV Bibles that his family reads out of. And though I may disagree with him on this part, he says that it's easier for his kids to understand the ESV than it is for them to understand the old King James. I, yeah. I very much do have opinions on about that. Yeah. I personally don't do it. Um, but the reason I don't do it is because I am not uh, – I'm just not a fan of new versions. Uh, I'm just not I'm, – I'm not saying that they are profane. Some of them are. I, I tell you the truth, some of them are, like the New International Version. I think the New International Version is – it's Wicked. horrendous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's horrendous. And the one you're talking about, there's another version called the Ebonics version. You know, it's a it's a mockery of God's word. And so that is not the Bible. Um, uh, but uh, when it comes to something that is, you know, like the New American Standard version or the New King James version or the ESV, when it comes to to translations like those that have been uh, produced by responsible scholarship, uh, if someone uses that in personal devotions. I'm not going to mock them. I'm not going to have a hard time with them. Uh, if it's a pastor friend of mine, that's you know that's between him and the Lord. Personally, I don't do it, and I tell you why is because I am so one track minded that I don't I don't really want. Um, if I have input from numerous versions, that style is going to make its way into my preaching, and so I personally am exclusively King James for that reason. Because I don't want to misquote, uh, to the best of my ability, I don't want to misquote God's word. And so, if I memorize it in some other translation, that's going to become a problem for me. Um, 
you know, I, my bookshelves are full of men who I read their books, and they are not King James men. And I will continue to read those books. I will continue to grow from those books, and I will continue to appreciate those books. Uh, but when it comes to the Bible, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm firm on that uh, on that particular issue. Yes? Yes. Um, first of all, I, I think the most important thing is that your children hear the Word of God. Yes. And that's what this man is doing. And I've neglected that a lot with my own kids when I definitely should be teaching them the Word of God. So that's the first thing. I'm not trying to, I'm not going to be in the business of criticizing people who are doing something very, very good for their children. Absolutely, me neither. If people are open to criticism, here's mine. Um, I grew up with the King James Version of the Bible. It was spoken every single day in my household, even when I was a child, even when I had no idea what it meant. But because it was spoken, and I read it often, having no idea what a lot of it said, because a lot of the words are far too big for a little kid to understand, it stayed in my heart and my mind. And now I can I have whole chapters of the Bible memorized because of that. And yeah, at the time when I memorized them, I didn't know what it meant. But I was a kid. But now as an adult, I do. And it stays with me. So the Word of God, the King James Version of the Word of God, the most accurate that we have in the English language, is in my heart and in my mind, and I can recall it to memory at will if I so choose. Sure. And so for my children, I will do my best to explain in their terms what the Word of God is saying. Mm. But it's That's important good. to me that they receive the King James Version of the Word of God so that... Well, there's another reason too, and this is this is not a, a a spiritual reason whatsoever. This is a this is an intellectual reason. The the vocabulary of the King James version of the Bible is it was pretty much written at the peak of, of the English vocabulary, I think. That's right. And so it's something that is to be is is to be strived for is to have a better vocabulary and the best way you can do that is by reading a book that has good vocabulary and there is no book in existence that has better vocabulary than the king james version of the word of god so that's not a spiritual reason whatsoever but if i want to strive to be like that i want my kids my kids have really good vocabularies because i use good vocabulary they hear it and another way of letting them do that is by hearing the king james version so again no criticism for what you're doing whoever this brother is that Zach knows. I think what you're doing is fantastic, and don't ever change because some doofus on a uh, podcast said that he disagrees with it. Yeah. But my opinions were asked of, so there they are. Yeah, I agree with all that. <clears throat> so I actually do have an ESV. <gasps> and um, uh, it's more of a scandalous. Guys, you're seeing Jeremy on his last episode of Cherishing Scripture <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's it is a commentary Bible by a preacher that I actually really really like. Um, but when I am when I am studying it or studying my Bible, uh, and I I don't really know how to put it. I don't so I don't rely on that as my um, I don't know how to put it. It's not something that I I I use. I I don't know how to put it. My my King James is is my is my Bible. It's your primary. It's my primary. So when you see me study, or if I'm doing a private study for something on my own, I may have that open up to side just because I want to know what that preacher thinks about it. Mm-hmm. But something like if he's if it said something like that just didn't seem right, 
like I would I just know it I'm like uh you're gonna recall the King James version right. I'm like that doesn't that. seem like that would be a really that's the proper right. interpretation for that so I do have that and I I do listen to other preachers that do um, that don't use King James there's one particular actually another podcast that I listen to that they are not King James uh, readers but um, I recall the King James right now they're teaching through first and second Corinthians and I can remember passages and I'm just like I don't think that's how it is or yeah that makes sense sure um, how to read it so I I don't think there's anything wrong with um, with owning it but it's not my primary if that makes sense yeah and, and what I would point out to someone I probably wouldn't let my kids read it if I had kids yeah. of my own if uh, that's how that's what I would say if you're not um, are you gonna let that chihuahua read it no yeah <laughs> well, you know what, what I would point out to someone uh, Chihuahua doesn't have a soul anyway what does oh, well, um, what I would point out to someone as a shepherd as a pastor is if I started noticing a lifestyle change because someone is reading a version that is not solid mm-hmm. um I would, I would, as a pastor, I would go tell them. I say, you know, I'm suspicious that you reading that other version is having negative influence, mm. because there are portions of those other versions that, if you take it at face value without investigation, it is going to have an incredibly negative influence on your lifestyle, and uh, and that could be a big problem. Well, I will say one thing for me personally um, that I I do have difficulty with with it is sometimes I feel like the sting of the word of God, if that makes sense, the actual impact of what it's trying to say. Uh, like Adam said, the vocabulary at the time was phenomenal and hard to beat. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like reading other versions, like I've heard other versions, because I go to like a basketball church and I do different things where it's not an outreach that I'm running. So uh, the person may be using a version that I don't agree with, but I'm just there uh, to hang out with friends or whatever the case may be. And sometimes I'll hear him say something or read a verse, and I'm like, that just does not sound as impactful as the way no. the King James no. says I know exactly it. I think, uh, yeah. I think and like, there's, for no example, teeth in like, there's no teeth in it. And this is just one that Soft gives an example, and, and this may not even be there, but it's one I can think of right off the top of my head. It'd be like um, saying, like, for the wages of sin is separation, yeah. or the wages of sin is some other word than saying death, which death right. is a very vivid and detailed word to understand like what happens to your soul exactly. Whereas some other versions may quite use a true. softer term to lighten the blow. That's yeah. quite and, and they may and, and what I what I was referring to earlier when I said that if your lifestyle is being altered by a bad version, okay, one of the examples I would use of that is if a if a person in our church comes you know, right here in Tampa Bay we have Paula White. And Paula White is actually, you know, she's a female pastor. She's got major issues. And uh, if somebody came into our church and said, hey, you know, I've been, uh, I've been really being fed by the ministry of Paula White on television, I would have to go to them and say, all right, we, we got to talk. Mm-hmm. We need to discuss this. And what you're going to find a lot of the time, which goes along with what you're saying, Zach, is um, a lot of the time they have – changed versions possibly in their devotional life or something of that nature and they have selected a version that so softens the message of 
uh, of the uh, you know the the gender specificity of ministry. You know, you people in ministry have to be male, and if it has if their new version has softened that, now they've opened themselves up to the teaching of a of a, a false prophet or a false prophetess in this case. Um, I would have to say I, I would have to go to them and say you know that could be because you softened your stand on the version of the Bible that you're using. Um, and uh, it may not be. You know, there's some of us, I got to say it, there's some of us that are mature enough that we can eat the meat and spit out the bone. You know, and I had a great preacher friend of mine who said that he does what you do, Jeremy, uh, which is the King James Version is his primary, but he does use other versions as commentary. He does say, okay, King James Version says this. I wonder what uh, the New American Standard says. And, uh, and, uh, in some cases, I suppose that could be permissible. Um, I was going to make a very controversial statement based on that concept, actually. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I think uh, I think if you're going to use something like that, so <laughs> never mind. Like it's yeah. okay. He's like he's like no, don't do it. <laughs> well, you can do it. But I think if you're going to use um, another version, uh, maybe as in a devotional time for a personal devotional time, I think you need to have a good understanding of what the King James says. Oh, well, always. And I would never. I would. Yeah, not, I, I would yes. not read this commentary Bible if I didn't know what my King James. Absolutely. Says. Yeah. And I will say this too, like to the example I was just pointing out, and Pastor mentioned a lady pastor. Him and I have actually talked about that as well, which I believe is completely different than a different version of the Bible. Um, but anyway. Um, one of the things that's always said is like and it's this idea that a lot of new translations say and i'm not against the message the way i'm going to say it's going to seem like i'm against it but i'm not but basically what they say in salvation is all all you got to do is ask jesus to come be your friend and it's like yeah that is completely wrong see that's that takes that's what i'm talking about that takes away the understanding of sin takes away true repentance and true yeah. salvation. Well, the NIV so. removes a lot of stuff about salvation. Yes, it does. I think I can't remember. I, yes, listen, it does. this is not me trying to justify other versions. I have probably sat through fifteen to twenty lecture hours or more <laughs> on problems with Bibles that aren't KJV. All right, plus preaching that I've heard. I mean, I have heard my share of it, uh, and all of it I agree with, but I don't necessarily think that that doesn't mean that someone can't be saved out of it we yeah, use um we use warren risby in bible college and he's not a king james reader not he totally quotes, not totally yeah he quotes no. a lot of um other no what was your thought i don't know i'm sorry for i interrupted no you. it's probably a good no, let's thing. hear it let's hear it <laughs> i have all i'm not i'm not an old man yeah. all right but i have heard many preachers um open the word of god and speak it in such a ridiculous out of context and a lot of it is misunderstanding grammar and vocabulary a lot of it a very large portion of it so maybe some preachers should be using a different version of the bible (laughs) because they can't understand it and that's controversial and we're gonna we're just gonna put a little notice every time adam speaks this is adam's opinion like people put on the 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 twitter handles adam's opinions are his own exactly Nobody else here shares my opinions. This is just like a Adam's warning. Opinion. So you know, th- there was a guy one time. You know, he was talking about he was talking about compensating your pastor. He was talking about you know how you should pay your pastor. And there's that passage over in the book of Acts where the apostle Paul was actually bragging on one particular group, and he said, 
they did me no small kindness, which is kind of a play on words to mean they took really good care of me. It was no small kindness. It was insinuating what? It was a large kindness that they bestowed upon me. And so this man stood up one time. This is what you're saying, I think. This man stood up one time and he said, oh, bless God, that bunch of heathens didn't know how to take care of God's man. They did him no small kindness. They wouldn't even do something small for him. Just a total and complete oversight of what the passage is actually saying. And sometimes the King James Version has that effect on people who are not studious, who are not willing to sit with the language of it. And and I would just add one more thing. You know, we're talking about this brother. uh, I don't know if it was you or Zach, you Zach or somebody that was saying. You know, sometimes I let my kids read the ESV because it's easier for them to understand. I'm, you know, I love that he's just reading the that he's reading yeah. scripture and having devotions with his kids. My only pushback on that is this: okay, we do not need to we we do not we do not need to make God's word easy. Yeah, I think it deserves studious attention. Okay, and it deserves people saying, you know, I didn't understand that the first time. Let me read that again. And if you don't get it the second time, let me read that a third and a fourth and a fifth time. And unfortunately, you know, you can't admonish the world this way because they're not going to listen to our podcast and hear this. But here's the thing. Keep reading it until you get it. Mm -hmm. Don't trade versions. Just keep reading it. Keep studying it. Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly divide it. Do the work. Put your rear end in that chair and keep it there until it hurts. It will. If you I have will, to stay there, I will that tell long. you personally. Um, when, uh, like, pastor, he'll let me know. Usually, he lets me know at least a week in advance. Sometimes he lets me know a little further in advance. Like, hey, I want you to preach this night. And for me, truthfully, if I'm honest with you, putting an outline together for me only takes about five minutes. The outline part for me is extremely easy. Yeah. The hard part for me is I usually read the verses that I want to preach out of probably, I mean, a safe estimate, 20 to 30 times. And then the passage, the context of the whole, that portion, so the chapter before, the chapter after, I probably read that another seven, eight Excellent. times. And it's just to understand. And then right. sometimes even when I go to actually facilitate the outline, I go and I actually go on. Uh, a website and I look up the Greek lexicon. So sometimes if I'm like, okay, what exactly is this word trying to put here? I'll go look up the Greek word for it and be like, this is what this word means. And this is what it is. That's why I like that. I like the sword searcher program. Mm -hmm. Excellent. All of those tools like that. Excellent software. Yeah. So excellent software. Yeah. They, um, so, but I, I really do, uh, I personally don't read. The only time I've ever read another version is if, like, there is one time at one point I was doing this devotion app with Jackie, and the version that they used on there wasn't King James. So when I was reading the devotion, I would actually read the other version, but then I would still go back and read the uh, King James version of it. But for me personally, I don't do it. I don't feel like the vocabulary. I'm in the same boat as Adam when I was seven, eight years old, even though I was lost my parents had me in the church competitions that's what they used to do to see how many bible verses you can memorize and as a kid i didn't realize you know memorizing 30 40 verses in a couple of months was a big deal because then now when i'm older it's right it's a lot easier to 
yep. apply yeah. things to memory. So easier. So yeah. and that well that uh, that that commentary Bible that I actually have, um, he, he so the way he's got it laid out is he talks he, so he he has the verse there, which is a different version, and then he explains that verse. Um, that's another thing I think should be careful with too. Is, all of us have those books. Yeah, it's trying to is. Uh, the, the explanation that the explanation that follows after, yeah, yeah. If it doesn't, which is well, not and inspired. I've heard Pastor yeah. Yeah. Bailey on instances. You know, like I, I'm always super careful how I word things. Like it, I think it's kind of tongue in cheek to say what we've said, and then if you get up there at the platform, you say, uh, you read a verse. Hey, this word could better be translated as no, no. this because you're you're doing worse than yeah, but. Yeah. I mean, I want to. Okay, so <laughs> there we go. The reason this warning. this yeah, put the warning label up there real quick. The reason this controversial thought came into my head was because um, I was at a wedding, so I shoot weddings with my wife, right, with a camera, not with a gun. And uh, <laughs> thank um, you, thank for you for the clarification on that. No problem. There was they'll start that rumor. <laughs> there was an officiate there that, um, and I. He might have been a pastor. He may have been. He didn't act like one, so I don't know. And I don't really care. I didn't really talk to the guy that much. But when he read some verses from the Bible, it this thought struck me. And I'll explain why. Have you guys ever heard the term help me? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's not a real term. That's not a real thing. No. In Genesis, it says that God made a help meet for him, yeah. which is, means that help that yeah. is meet for Two him. words. Two words. Right. But all the time, I, my whole it's life, I've meet, heard yeah. this term, help, help me. me. Help That's help not me. a real thing. But in the version of the Bible that he read, he said, and, and God made um, a help that is suitable for him. Right. And I was just like, which is, a- oh my goodness. So this would be helpful for a lot of people that aren't students I agree, of the Word brother. of God. They could learn more from that Word of yeah. God than they can from the one that's... More advanced, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. We, Controversial we, opinion. We had a brother in our church who came to me, and and, and when he joined our church, he said, Pastor, you need to know that I'm not a King James person. I said, that's okay. You can be here. And uh, I said, if I ever let you teach or, or anything of that nature, you're going to have to use the King James Version. He said, that's fine. But he said, when I when you are preaching, he brought this to my attention. He said, you're you're a very, um, uh, a very deliberate explainer of scripture is what he told me, which I took as a compliment. And he said, um, he said, what I find interesting is that when you are explaining words like meat, M-E-E-T, he said, when you're explaining those kinds of words, you're using the exact language that is in yep. my version of the Bible. So he said, all you're doing is in the explanation, you're modernizing the language and exp- using that to explain. I get that. I totally and entire and by the way, I'm on the uh, New Testament Baptist dot com website, and we still have this old poll up there. The question on the poll is: Have you grown using um, music, literature, books, etc. that were not independent and fundamental? Listen to that question again: Have you grown using resources, music, literature, books, or etc. that were not independent and fundamental? And we've had lots of votes on this. I don't know exactly how many. 3% voted and said, I almost always use resources that are exclusively from fundamental Baptist sources. And 97% voted and said, I almost always have to go beyond fundamental Baptist sources to find resources that edify me. Hmm. Now, I'm here to tell you, I am edified by John MacArthur. I am edified by Swindoll. I am edified by 
men that are not fundamentalists, and they do not use the King James Version of the Bible. However, um, that doesn't mean that I am endorsing some of the things. Even those men don't endorse some of the versions that they've used. They've come out against some of their own versions and said, you know, we no longer want to advocate this version. So, but what I am saying is this: if you're, you know, this is what a man said one time about fundamentalism. He said one of the problems with fundamentalism is they never got off the back porch to get married. Yeah, that struck me, and I thought I'd do a little head scratching. You know, I was like little Yoda here, and I'm scratching my head almost bald, and I'm like, what? Y'all got matching I, hairlines. I just noticed that. I know, yeah, very matching. Uh, Wait, they never. Got I just off need the to go to the tanning. To get married. He said. He said. The problem I have with most fundamentalists is they never got off the back porch to get married. Mm. And I said, what are you talking about? What do you mean by that? And here's what he said. He said, it's incest, spiritual incest. They will not go to a foreign territory to look for truth. And so because they're so inbred with their uh, consumption of God's word. I will only read after John R. Rice. I will only follow J. Frank Norris. I will only, you know, Bob Gray in Texas. I will only Jack Hiles. I will only, and they just go Lee Roberts, and they just go on and on and on, and round and round. And so they have, in his words, I didn't say that. In his words, he said that's spiritual incest. They have not gotten off the back porch to get married. Hmm. That is some strong and, language to use for this concept it seems like it is strong language but it it, it resonated with me it rung a bell because <laughs> i know the purpose i know that what he's saying is actual you know they're not willing to venture out and eat a new meal or venture out and fellowship with a new person <laughs> and i find that incredibly uh i find that to be an incredible disadvantage i was um I because was there are things that have been written and sung and produced that do edify me Go ahead, I was bro. wondering if you guys thought about this or if it's the same thing. But Zach was saying how some people will use other versions and say, well, this could be better translated as this. But, um, you know, one thing cool thing about this program is like with other words, it'll tell you what it's rendered as in the King James. Right. Wouldn't that be a better way than referencing another translation? So, like, for example, like this word uh, in Ephesians where it talks about uh, revelations, how that by revelation he made known unto me a mystery. In other places, that word could be rendered as appearing, coming, right. lightning. Or You're talking lightning. about at the end of that Greek definition. Right. Yeah. Wouldn't it be better to say, to use words like that than to use another? I always, the, what I was saying is I always try to be careful. I try to avoid the words it could be better translated as because yeah. then that's yeah. insinuating that I know better than the translators. And so quite frankly, in, in I disagree cases, with that. Say, I don't think other, it could be better translated. Yeah. In other, I think the what King I James do is, writers I'll did say perfect. something like in other portions of the Bible, you may see this word come up as blank. Yeah. So that I think that yeah. So if anybody who uh, I would I would endorse that one hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. And sense. to what Pastor was saying about uh, his question on the confession, um, one of the biggest seasons of growth as a person that I've had, not necessarily spiritually, has been from a person, you guys know who I'm talking about, uh, that I've been listening to that is not, I mean, I, I personally doubt whether he's saved or not. I mean, he knows more Bible than most Christians do, but uh, I definitely, I don't know if I'd consider him a Christian, but I mean. 
Yeah, and I'm not sure that I would either. But does that mean we can't get edification from that? Exactly. And yeah. can, can we not draw wisdom and strength from that? Yeah. Well, let, let's hit you with this bombshell. The book of Proverbs is a book of Proverbs from other cultures, not just the Jewish culture. Proverbs from around the world, most Very likely. True. Compilated and now is in the Word of God. A lot of them probably written by pagan people. Absolutely right. Yep. Throw this out there. You are absolutely correct, and I agree. Absolutely correct, and I agree. <laughs> well, Jared, well, we lost I one here. We're pretty much yeah, we're out of time anyway. Done so now. So check us out on our different platforms. You know, you can get I think still Podbean and Apple and all kinds of different mm-hmm. things. My favorite place is still YouTube. Is where I get our things. Uh, Jeremy is doing an excellent job at um, putting together the graphics and making this stuff look really, really good. We're going to talk good uh, about it now that he's gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. might as well. You know, I would never say this to his face, but he's a great guy. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, you can catch us on YouTube, um, uh, different places, and uh, take advantage of those resources. There's also the church's website, www.brandonbaptisttabernacle.com. There's hundreds and hundreds of hours of preaching and teaching and singing and other resources available there. And a doctrinal statement. On that uh, as well. Very robust doctrinal statement, that's correct. And uh, we just really just touched on the first paragraph of that today. So um, it's there. It's for you. It's free. Enjoy it. If it uh, edifies you, we would love to hear from you. And uh, and even if you have constructive criticism, we want to hear that. So uh, check us out. Now, you guys said the best way for them to do that is Instagram, and I have no idea how to recommend that are they leaving comments on instagram so if you go on instagram you can find us at cherishing scripture podcast just the name of the podcast you can go on there um you can follow us you can message jeremy runs the instagram account so he's pretty good with getting back to people same thing on twitter cherishing scripture podcast i'm sure jeremy will pop them right down below so you can see the handles of them just follow them he's always asking questions like what is your favorite book of the bible what book are you reading out of um different questions so he tries to keep it as active as he can. Enjoy Instagram. I'm, yes. I've never been on Instagram in my life, so I don't know how it works. But if it's there and it can be used, I advocate it. All right? So enjoy those things. We're going to be back next time when we are studying God's Word together. We have uh, all kinds of subjects that we have lined up to get to here, so we hope that you'll join us again And the Cherishing Scripture podcast, Changing Society by Cherishing Scripture. Um, Tom, would you just tell us a little bit more now about this country that you're going to? I know we all have been talked about kind of like a little bit of poverty, um, but more of like the culture, um, maybe the religion stuff that goes on there, and then the experience you had while you guys were there. Okay. You want to go? Um, sure. So Togo is a country of 8 million people. Um, the main languages are French and a tribal language called Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's bordered by Ghana, Benin, and Burkina Faso. It's near Nigeria um, and all that. And um, so it's apparently 44% Christian, but there is a lot of prosperity gospel mm-hmm. um, that is, you know, popular over there. Um, so, you know, we can't really say that the 44% of the country, it, you know, are true bible believing christians unfortunately um and then of course usually in that mix is catholic yeah catholics Mm -hmm. and you know jehovah's witnesses and charismatics and all that um and then i believe it's about 14 percent muslim as well there are a bunch of surrounding countries that are way more heavily 
influenced by um, Islam. But Man. yeah, so it's about 14%. Wow, you uh, definitely see so the the prosperity gospel. Do they are they are these people? I mean, we already know it does here take Spanish people. Are they taking more advantage of them? There? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. they uh, they teach them. Um, you know, if you'll sow a seed into their ministry, and I mean, these men oftentimes they you know they grew up in these countries, and yeah. they they are very well aware of how poor these people are. But they'll tell them that if the, that, you know, that the reason that they are as well off as they are is because they were sowing seeds in the, into the ministries of other men. Hmm. And so that if these if these people will come to them and will sow seeds into their ministry, uh, that they can become wealthy and God will bless them and make them prosperous as well. Man. And uh, it is. Yeah. I have zero respect for the men that teach that. Yeah. Uh, they are the lowest of the low as far as snakes. Uh, I just, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't trust them as far as I could throw them. And uh, I don't like them. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, one of the biggest um, Christian pastors in the world uh, pastors a church in Nigeria. And they just like two or three years ago finished construction on their new auditorium. This man is a multi-billionaire. Man. was born and raised in Nigeria. Um, they just finished construction on their new auditorium a couple of years ago and their auditorium seats like 150,000 people. I mean, it is just, it's just massive. Yeah. And uh, it's just, you know, one guy at the top taking advantage of everybody else. And, uh, and there's a lot of that in Togo, not the churches aren't nearly as big, but if you find someone who claims to be a Christian, they're almost guaranteed to be prosperity gospel preachers. Man, that's insane. That's mm -hmm. crazy. And, you, you know, that prosperity gospel, it's almost it's it's growing, I would say, even way more popular and popularity now than it ever has. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I was I was actually just reading, uh, I think it's first Timothy of the day. And it said that, uh, you know, Paul kind of had or Timothy had this kind of problem with people like that. They were telling how got that um, that. They were people saying that got that gain was the godliness. The more they gained, the more godly they were. Right. And uh, that went, and then Paul straightens that up real quick. But it's just insane how how uh, easily it is for people to fall for that just because they want. There's no contentment, but they want. They just want that that prosperity. Right. So that's crazy though. That's really, really crazy. So, um. Okay. Talk about that country, your guys' country. With all of everything that's gone on so far with you guys and and with Thailand and switching over now, who would you say has been probably your biggest supporter or your biggest mentor through this whole entire thing? Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll field, I'll field this one first. Uh, there, there's kind of been three um that have just been there and i mean you know if you'd asked me this question a year ago my answer would have been very different yeah. very very different um but there's kind of been three uh, uh main ones um for me personally mm -hmm. uh number one would be pastor kirkland our, our pastor here at trinity um in big spring um you know it's it is because of his care for us personally not, you know, you know, not shoving it off on a, on a secretary or something like that. Um, but his care for us personally, uh, that, that ended up bringing us to big spring, mm -hmm. uh, because when everything first started going down and, 
and, you know, everything was a mess and stuff with our former church and, and missions agency. Um, he was calling me two and three times a week. You know, we, we ended up losing some meetings because of, of that transition that, that took place because we left that church and missions agency and we ended up having to cancel others. We ended up having to reschedule some and all this stuff. And, uh, that, that was happening right after Angel's mom passed away. And so, I mean, our lives were just turned upside down in a matter of a couple of weeks. Yeah. And, um, and so he was calling us two or three times a week, literally just to check on us. Now I had other pastors who were calling and they wanted to know when we were getting back on the road and why we were canceling meetings and Man. all this stuff. But he was calling literally just saying, Hey, if y'all need anything, like, let us know, like we're here for you. And, he, and his advice was do, like, you need to cancel your meetings. Like, do not go to meetings right now. Like you're not in a good, you're not in a good place mentally or spiritually, you know, to be booking meetings and stuff. So like take a step back and reset and recharge and figure out what you're going to do. And so there was him, uh, there was a pastor, actually the pastor we were just with in California. Um, I hope he doesn't mind me (laughs) ratting him out. Uh, His name is Ryan Willis. He pastors there in Fresno, a young pastor, just a few years older than I am. And uh, he was the same way. He kept calling literally just to check on us to see how we were, see if we needed anything. And um, we had already had a meeting with them back last year. And then he booked us for their missions conference for this year um, because he wanted to, he wanted us to just be able to kind of, you know, relax, be ourselves for a week, not have to worry about, you know, performing, so to speak, which a lot of missionaries do deal with that. And a lot of people don't realize that, but and so there was him. And then third would actually be your pastor, Pastor Bailey. And I can't believe you said that. He, uh, he has definitely been a friend. Um, one of, one of the things he, one of the things he called when we first transitioned away from our, our former sending church and missions agency, I was talking to him on the phone and he said, uh, he said, Adam, barring, uh, that you make a doctrinal change and start preaching heresy. He was like, we're on board with you and we're never going to stop supporting you. Yeah. He was like, so he said, do not feel like you need to impress me or our church, uh, you know, for us to continue supporting you. And he said, so if you're struggling and you need help with something, say so. He's like, cause it's not going to change my opinion on you. And uh, that was huge for us. Cause we didn't have anybody else saying that. Yeah. And uh, except for the other two men that I mentioned. And so it was, uh, it was huge for us. And uh, he will actually be um, pastor Bailey will actually be, one of the two preachers at our ordination service, um, oh, in August. Awesome. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, when pastor Kirkland told me to pick one other pastor, um, a supporting pastor or a preacher or something, uh, so it'll, it'll be pastor Bailey and pastor Kirkland preaching our ordination service together. And when he told me to pick one more, I was immediately like, I don't know of a kinder yet more intelligent and more studious man than pastor Bailey. And so, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, that was that was a no-brainer. Yeah.